What's up, guys? Welcome to Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett. I'm Trenton. And I'm Brett. Let's Let's talk. talk. Welcome back to Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett. We're so glad that you guys have taken the time to tune in once again this week to check us out. We're going to be continuing on in the book of John, and this week we're going to be talking about the triumphal entry. But before we get into that, allow me to introduce my co-host Trenton Cruz. Trenton, what is going on, man? What is up, Brett? What is up, those of you that are out there checking us out? Welcome back to Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett. We are so glad you joined us today. Once again, I want to throw this out there before we get started. Hit us up at the email, wait.letstalk at gmail.com. If you have questions you'd like us to discuss on the air uh, out of your Bible or questions about some things that maybe we can answer, we're just a couple of pastors here to talk, which is why we called the show Let's Talk. And also, you can hit us up with a voice message if you'd rather do that. Just click on the voice message link located at the bottom of the details in each episode that will take you directly to our anchor platform so you can leave us a voice message that we can play on the air should you choose to do so. And don't forget again to check us out on Facebook at Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett. It's one of the best places to get the new show every single week. And you can also, that's also the place that you're going to get all the latest information that we put out about the show. So head on over there. If you don't have a page set up, set one up on Facebook and make sure you like Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett. And you can also now check us out on Zapit. That's spelled X-A-P-I-T. And you can check, uh, go to zapit.com. Set yourself up a profile. That is a new platform that we are on. That's it's very similar to Facebook, so you'll be able to uh, pick it up real easy. And it's it's more of a Christian platform. It's kind of exciting to see that out there with Facebook and a lot of these platforms changing so much here lately that it's good to see a new platform like that coming up. So make sure you check out Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett on Zapit at zapit.com. I'm going to throw out another one, y'all. Go to nextlevelfreedomchurch.com if you want to send your fr- friends there. There's a link to Let's Talk Talk at the bottom of the main page right there. Or you can check out previous episodes from our YouTube page. If you'll go to the media page and find the Let's Talk link, you click on that. So you can find us all kinds of places. So I wanted to throw that out there as well if you've got friends. And you may have noticed if you've been tuning in on our Facebook platform that we've been I've been posting up our messages from Sundays, the clips and things that we put out there. And Brett spoke this past week on Wednesday night, so his message should be up there right now. So we'll continue to do that as well. So you'll have a little bit of different ideas. And if you're interested in what's going on right here at Next Level Freedom Church, we invite you to come and check us out. The address is 1225 Old Cape Road, Jackson, Missouri. That is zip code 63755 in case you're coming from out of town. We would love to have you meet you in person. Say hi. So, And uh, I'm going to allow Trenton to give you the information on this because I don't know it all off the top of my head. But there is also an app now, a Next Level Freedom Church app that you can go and check out. I'm going to let Trenton tell you how to go there and find that. Easiest way to do that is to go to a website, nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. There's an app button right there at the top of the page. If you'll click on that, it'll take you right to where you need to go, and it will tell you how to set up the app on your phone because currently it is unavailable on Google or Apple at this moment. So you can get it. You just got to go to the links, whether it's on social media or on our website. 
So. All right. So unless there's anything else, we're going to go ahead and we're going to jump into the scriptures today. And like we said earlier, we're going to be in John chapter 12, verse 12, and we will be talking about the triumphal entry. It says in verse 12, the next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it was written. Verse 15 says, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. The crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they had heard that he had done this sign. So the Pharisees said to one another, You see that you are gaining nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, man, John here is, and once again, Lazarus, the story of Lazarus is only mentioned in John, if I'm not mistaken. So it's only the book of John that we find the story of Lazarus. But I I like the fact that John is hitting on why these people are so drawn to him in this particular passage. They've heard about how he brought Lazarus back from the dead. And we talked a little bit about this last time, how the Pharisees didn't like it, but there really wasn't anything that they could do about it because he's performing miracles. He's teaching scripture. So what do they do? Last time we talked a little bit, you can check out the previous episode for more details, but they're trying to kill Lazarus. And this is why, because the popularity that he has gotten coming to Jerusalem, riding on a donkey, which they should have been familiar with that scripture if they were. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of them series may have been Son of God. One of them series, I remember the uh, head, I think it was a Pharisee, was talking about, oh, he quoted the scripture. He's like, oh, so he's trying to put this. They were basically trying to say, so this guy's trying to make it look like he's the Messiah. But in all reality, here came the Messiah. And I like how John's tying this Lazarus miracle together here in the scriptures. So looking at verse 13 you know it's a, and this is something that you know we most people read on palm sunday and you know we talk about this uh, during that time but it says they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him crying hosanna blessed is he who comes in, in the name of the lord even the king of israel so we're seeing the king go into israel i mean that that's really what we're seeing here and the people or the pharisees i guess or the religious leaders you know they don't like this they've just got done trying to set up to kill jesus They've just got done wanting to kill Lazarus. So this is the last thing that the Pharisees and the religious leaders want to see is all of these people coming out, laying palm branches down in front of Jesus as he's riding into Jerusalem on a donkey, praising him and calling him the king the king of Israel. This is the last thing that they want. And I'm going to jump ahead a little bit and we'll go back through it or whatever. But going all the way down to uh, verse 19, it says, So the Pharisees said to one another, You see that you're gaining nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. At this point, there's no stopping what's getting ready to happen. There's no stopping the crucifixion. There's no stopping the resurrection. This is going to happen and nothing that anybody can do. And I think the Pharisees, Tritton, probably are realizing that we're going to have to kill him. And But little did they know that 
they were just going to fulfill prophecy. You're going to fulfill that plan. Another thing I like to point out is something that always comes to mind is how quickly people will turn on you. Mm. Notice how they're all laying palm branches at his feet as he's entering into the city. Yet within a few days, they're going to be crying, crucify him, crucify him. Because things aren't going to go the way they anticipated them to go. And yeah, and once again, that's a good point to hit back on because we talked about this way on in earlier episodes and earlier in John where the people are expecting the Messiah to be a man who's going to come and conquer, who's going to mm-hmm. free them from Roman rule. And when Jesus doesn't fulfill that, I, I'm going to say especially the zealots, I believe, were probably raring to do something about it. And we even notice in some of the movies portray the, uh, the one that Barabbas is it, the one that they freed how he killed the Roman soldier. I noticed how some of these videos have, or movies have tied in that story to him being one of them that greeted Jesus. And when he was telling Jesus to help us rule, Jesus said, I'm not here for that or mm. something. And he just held his hand and it silenced the man. Well, he didn't like that. He goes out and kills a Roman soldier. Well, he ends up getting free. But that's, once again, that's all movie. That's just thoughts, ideas that are thrown out there. It's not necessarily in the scriptures. It's, that's how it happened. But I thought it was interesting because how quickly people will turn on you. That's why you can never depend on people to fulfill God's promise for you. I'm sitting here thinking about the chosen. And whenever, uh, if, if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. But the one where Jesus sits down with Nicodemus and he's like, well, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but I didn't come to overthrow the Romans. You know, I, I, I didn't come for that. I came to basically show you that to forgive you of your sins you know i came to change people not change your circumstances with the romans basically is what he's saying and they just like trenton said they didn't recognize that they were looking for what they had been taught by the religious leaders their whole life is that the messiah is going to come and set up this kingdom and jesus you know he says yes i come but the kingdom that you're thinking of is not the kingdom that i came to set up so I guess we'll, we'll get into more of that stuff as we go through, but it's fascinating. And once again, you got to remember there's different religious sects here as well. You've got the Pharisees, who are the ones that are supposed to be studying scriptures, the ones you find teaching in the synagogues and the streets. you got the Sadducees that are all worried about their reputation with Rome, and they like that the fact that they're in power and you know that they can rule over the people, and they're trying to keep that peace so that they can keep their position. Then you've got the Zealots who are basically the ones that are willing to kill for what they believe in. And if they believe that this is the Messiah, they're willing to kill mm-hmm. for it. And I think that's one thing they were trying to portray with the Barabbas story I was talking about. I think that was the Son of God series, I think it was, where that was portrayed. But it was an interesting point because if he was a zealot, then that's what they did. Mm-hmm. They killed. They started revolutions and wars they thought would change things, which... Obviously didn't happen. I heard some really interesting stuff on the Essenes as well. Uh, Dr. Ken Johnson has uh, quite a few books books out with different things on it. But they uh, there's some evidence, I guess, and they believe that John the Baptist may have actually came from the Essenes. Because what the Essenes did was they went – if you know anything about them in the Dead Sea Scrolls and things like that, they went out into the wilderness, so to speak. They got away from the Pharisees, and what they did was they focused on like the main – teachings of scripture you know they focused on the scripture there wasn't any traditions and things like that in there and there's actually some writings from that time where it actually really focuses on a lot of of the coming of jesus and the rapture and things like that and it's really fascinating because 
they go back to that time frame and you can see that they they f were fulfilled in a lot of ways and some of them are yet to be fulfilled but you can see some of the things that they believed and how different they were from the pharisees and the sadducees and now in verse 20 it continues it says now among those who went to worship at the feast were some greeks or gentiles for those of you anybody that's not jewish gentiles so these came to philip who was from Bethsaida in galilee and asked him sir we wish to see jesus and Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for, keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. We notice here, as the scripture continues, that not only has the attention of Lazarus being raised from the dead gotten the attention of the Jews, but also the Gentiles who have come to the city, or the Greeks that have come to the city, to find this Jesus guy and just... They're there to pursue after him because they've heard of what he's doing. Maybe to them, they're hearing there's a Messiah. So they're asking to see Jesus. And now Jesus, I think it's interesting because Jesus here begins talking and he answers them as they're seeking him. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. And we know exactly what that means. We are at the week of the crucifixion. For those of you who haven't been tuning in with the other episodes. So we're over halfway through the book of John, but right over. And the mm -hmm. rest of the book is going to take place during crucifixion week. And the crucifixion and a little bit afterwards. So it's interesting how much time John focuses on that portion mm -hmm. as opposed to everything else. And I don't know whether maybe he's thinking, well, Matthew, Luke. You know, Mark have already hit on a lot of this stuff, so I'm just going to hit on some different perspective or what it is. But I think it was interesting, though, when we looked at... For those of you who haven't seen The Chosen, you need to check it out. And the day this airs, season two, episode two goes up tonight, if you're listening to this on Tuesday. And episode one of season two was amazing. And they've tried to tie in, you know, just how might John have gotten ideas to write his book. So I want to look at verse 26 here. Uh Again, it says, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. And you know, I think about that because we have a lot of people that claim to follow Jesus, but you don't see him serving them. And then you have a lot of people, and this, this may sound strange, but you have people that are coming to the church and they'll serve, but their day-to-day -day life, you can clearly tell they ain't following him. Yeah. So... I, I think what we're supposed to grab from this is we got to do both. We've got to be servants of God, and we also have to be following after him. If we're going to make the effect that needs to be made, if we're going to make the effect on people's lives that need to be made, you know, it's like that saying, preach the gospel and sometimes use words. It's our life and our lifestyle that is going to reach people long before our words will ever reach anybody. People have got to see us following Christ, and they've got to see us not just serving Christ, but serving one another, being 
there for other people because whenever we serve one another, we're also serving Christ in the same way. We're doing things for other people. So I want to read verse 26 one more time. I'm going to read the whole thing. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servants be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. That there is enough, or it should be enough, to get you to want to serve and to follow after Christ. Well, you can even look up at the previous verses right there when Jesus starts talking. Not only does he stop it, Son of Man, be glorified, which means he's here to, he's going to finally accomplish the task he was sent to. And, man, that must have been a stressful week, knowing what's coming that week. But he did it. Verse 24, he said, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. So what he's getting at is, I have to die so that you guys can live. Mm. And I'm sure many of them didn't get that at the time he was saying it. But it was after the resurrection, after the crucifixion, that these words started processing. Wait, he's been saying this all along. This is what he meant. This is what he meant. And I like verse 25 because this gets at a lot of... See, a lot of people, their their excuse as to why they're not serving God is either they don't feel good enough, and a lot of times that's just an excuse. If it's not, well, you just know this, none of us are good enough. But also, verse 24, he's or verse 25, sorry, he says, whoever loves his life loses it. Whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Basically, people that don't like to be inconvenienced (laughs) in their life, well, you're in the wrong, not really religion, you're in the wrong place. Because Jesus is basically saying, you're going to have to give all that up if you're going to follow me. You've got to be willing to serve, not be served. It's always nice to be served. I remember Pastor Couples used to always talk a lot about, you know, we all like to be served. It's the serving part, though, that we need to get, which gets back to what Brett was saying just a minute ago. We've got to be willing to lose our life. We've got to be willing to inconvenient ourselves, if that's the word, (laughs) willing to be inconvenient sometimes, to go out of our way, just like Jesus did the Samaritan woman here several weeks ago when we talked about that. He went out of his way to go through Samaria, because they could have went a different way, but he went through Samaria to find that divine appointment. And we've got to be willing to do the same thing, because there are divine appointments God has for each of us in our lives. And if we're not willing to give up our own schedule and our own lives at some point to follow him, then you're not going to be happy camper. Let's just say Well, that's what 2021 right now is, man. We're in a day in an age where nobody wants to be inconvenienced. Nobody wants to have to step out and help somebody else. Number one, they're scared to get near somebody, so they're not going to go help them. Number two, it's this attitude, and I, I could see it all over the place, of I'm more important than you are. Me and my family is more important than you are. And as as believers and you know what what's sad is is it's probably a lot of believers as well but we don't get that option we get a choice of whether we're going to inconvenience ourselves by helping somebody else or whether we're just going to sit on the sidelines and be that casual christian if you can call that a christian somebody that i mean i just think trent and i guess what i'm trying to say is i think we're at a point in history and a time where we can't just go to church sit and get up and go home and then not think about God anymore. We are at a time where the church has got to rise up, stand up, and get up and go out 
and share the message. Whether people want it or don't want it, they're going to get a choice to accept it or reject it. Get near me or, or get away from me. I don't want you near me. All right, kick the dust off your shoes and go to the next person. I think that that's what we're going to have to do. And I know that maybe that sounds a little harsh, but I don't think that it is. I think that we have to just stop wasting time and get up and do the things that God has been calling the church to do. And if you do them, I think God's going to bless you. And if you don't do them, I think you're going to stay in the exact spot that you're in and you're not going to see miracles and things take place. God's not looking for casual Christians, guys. He's looking for someone who will surrender his life. To serve him. And that's exactly what Jesus just said. Unless you're willing to lose your own life, you're not going to gain anything. And that's what Brett's been getting at here as we've been talking this last few minutes. You've got to be willing to give up your life and serve God. And that's that's the part that nobody wants to talk about, just like he said. We all want to talk about how God loves us, and, and that's all true. He does love us. He loved us enough to die for us. But do you realize that before you go thinking about how it can be inconvenient for you, do you realize that Jesus, and this is scripture, y'all, and I don't have that offhand, but left his throne in heaven. He was comfortable. He's God. He didn't have to do it. He left his position, left his throne in heaven to inconveniently come to us to save us because he loved us that much. And that is the type of love that we've got to be willing to show other people. It's called agape love. We've got to be willing to have agape love. Willing to, And what did Jesus say? And I'm not sure if we've gotten to it in John or not, but well, he talked about the man that willing to lay his life down for his friend. That's real. That's the real deal. They're, they're the ones about a relationship. And that's what Jesus did. It's exactly what he did. You don't think it was uh, inconvenient for him to step out of heaven, ruling over angels, hang on a cross, be humiliated, be beat, whipped with a cat of nine tails, Nailed to a cross. You think that wasn't inconvenient? And we want to complain about the fact that, well, God just told me I need to go to this particular place and talk to this particular individual, but I don't really like them that much because their personality doesn't click with mine. But God wants me to go talk to them, but I don't think I'm going to because it's inconvenient. Now, ever know anybody like that? And we've all been there. I'm not pointing fingers. I've been there too, guys. You know, I think too, that you know, listen to what you just said too, is people have to, how do I want to put this? People feel inconvenienced with having to recognize and accept that Jesus did that for us. And accepting that means that you're going to have to face an inconvenience because your life is going to change. And I think that we're at a place – I keep saying that, but it's because we can clearly see it is that's the reason people don't want to accept Christ is they're looking at it like I don't want to change my life. I just want things to stay – the way that they are. I love my life, which gets us right back to, to where we were. You know, what we had just read in the scripture about loving your life and hating your life. These people are not going to find life because they love their life that they have now. What Jesus is offering them, it may sound appealing to them, but they're not willing to be inconvenienced enough to look and to accept what Christ has done for them. And I think that's a, that's a scary thing because, Trent, we've got a whole generation of young people that they think that it's just all about them and they think they're indestructible. And, you know, I think we've, in some sense, every teenager or whatever has kind of went through that. But it just seems so much different right now that people, they just seem like they're not, 
they're not scared of it. They're either not scared of anything or they're scared of everything. You know, they feel like they can take on the world or they're, they're hunkered down, they're hunkered down at home. You know, it's, it's kind of a strange situation that we're in, but I'm afraid that most people right now are not wanting to be inconvenienced. Either they want to stay home and not get out and, and finish the great commission, or they just don't want to be inconvenienced to the point where they're just leave me alone. I'm too busy. And I think the church has got to figure out a way to overcome that and to reach these people. Inconvenience. That gets back to the people that don't go to church just because it's an inconvenience. Well, Sunday is my only day off. I hear it all. You know, I've heard them all. I hey, think, you know what? But... Sunday, <laughs> Sunday is my only day off a lot. So, so but, <laughs> And, you know, we're not saying it's not important to have family time. It is. But you've got to be willing Get to that. spend the time. You've got to be willing. And the Bible words it this way. I wish I knew where it was in the Bible. You've got to be willing to go from milk to meat. If you're born again, God doesn't expect you to keep sipping on milk your whole life. He wants you to get to the meat. What do we mean by that? That maybe that's a new parable to some of you out there. What that means is baby Christians don't study as much. They're still new to the whole thing. They don't really know where to start. They're still But God doesn't expect you to stay in that spot. He expects you to dig. He expects you to learn who he is. Figure out his word. So when a baby starts out, they're drinking milk when you're born. But eventually, they've got to learn how to take table food. They've got to learn how to eat meat if they're going to survive or vegetables or whatever the case may be. I don't think he was getting at just meat in particular, but he was getting at the growth that takes place there. And we've got a lot of baby Christians in this society right now. And maybe you're one of them out there listening. We're talking to you. I don't know, but God's had us go this direction for some reason today. But you've got to be willing to sacrifice everything to follow Christ. He, He calls it taking up your cross and following him. Yes, he loves you. He does love you. That's why he died for you. But that doesn't mean he loves you so much you can do whatever you want and you're still going to go to heaven. That just It's just not the case. You've got to grow. You've got to mature as a believer. If you're not a believer, well, you've got to learn what it means to be a believer. You've got to learn how to receive Christ. You've got to start there. It starts with that relationship. Our vision statement at Next Level Freedom Church, reaching others where they're at. We've got to be willing to go to them where they're at, but once you've been reached, once you've received Christ as Savior, you've got to grow. And I'll even go as far as to flip that around even. A lot of people think, well, I'll do God a favor. I'll go to church this Sunday. God doesn't need your favors. (laughs) He wants to save your soul. It's, It's not doing God a favor. You're doing yourself a favor if you get out of your house and go to church and be amongst other believers, or if you're not a believer, be amongst believers so that they can introduce you to the gospel, so they can talk about all this stuff we're talking about today, who Jesus is, why he died. So all of that is there, and we've got to learn how to go, once again, from milk to meat. Christians have to start taking their walk with Christ serious. I think that that's, to me, that's what it boils down to. Christians, we have got to start taking the things that God asks us to do. we got to be serious about them. Whenever we accept Christ, there's nothing that says, you know, I expect to see you in church X amount of Sundays or, you know, whatever it is. We need to go to church. We need to be amongst fellow believers and we need to be fellowshipping because that's where we draw our strength from. We need to be doing the things that God asks us to do. And a lot of times that means you have to step out of your comfort zone. That's where I've been this last two months, and Trenton can attest to it. He knows what I'm talking about. I've had to step out of my comfort zone and answer a call of God, 
And it, it's not easy to do, trust me. But if God's calling you to do it, Christians, you have to be willing to do the things that God asks you to do. And if you are, you are going to see you're not going to be, you might feel inconvenienced and you might feel like you're out of your comfort zone, but what the feeling that you get and seeing the things take place that God is wanting to do because you took the step forward is a far greater reward than sitting and staying where you're at and watching uh, just and being miserable because you're not following after God's will. And that's, I think that's what I'm going to end on, Trent, is step out and follow God's will. Stop watching life pass you by and get out there and do something about it. Do something with it. And I'm going to go ahead and add one more thing before I get ready to give these final words here. And that is, it does, it's not just about going to church. Don't let us miss, don't misinterpret us there. You have got to be willing to dig into his word yourself. You've got to be willing to take time to study for yourself and spend that time with God. Now, here's the deal. And I taught my daughter this this week because we get up really early in the morning right now, like five o'clock, and we have our Bible study time and stuff together because that's one of the most convenient times because once the day starts, it's usually hectic. And I use the scripture, Mark 135. You can go look that up for yourself. But it talks about Jesus would go out early before the sun come out and have his time with his father. So he was giving us a model. But I was talking to her about the fact that you've got to be willing to do this stuff on your own. If you're going to grow, if you've got questions, ask him, dig, look for it. If maybe you do know somebody that can help you with that question, but you've got to be willing to at least take the time to study and take the, and one other thing I told her is, and it can't just be you talking when you're praying to God. See, a lot of us want to give God our grocery list and then say, amen. You've got to sometimes stop and say, God, speak, your servant's listening, and just listen. As awkward as that's going to seem to some of you, just take quiet, listen, and God will speak. He will speak. I think some people's afraid he is going to answer. <laughs> They're not going to like what he says, but see, that's where the humbleness comes in, and that's where stepping out of your comfort zone comes in, and it's, it's an awesome thing, guys. The hardest part of prayer is listening. You know, prayer is not just one way. It's both ways. We talk... And he listens, and then he talks, and we listen. That's a conversation, and that's what prayer is. And keep in mind, I know we kind of strayed a little bit here tonight, but look at the uh, end of that verse there in verse 26 one more time. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be. But check this last part out. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. And those are good closing words, if you ask me. You got to be serving. Jesus, and God will answer you. And that's, like you just said, some people are scared for that. And he'll talk. I think God, God's got something to say. It's just, like, do you have time in your busy schedule to listen to what he has to say? I've been scared that he was going to say something <laughs> I didn't like before. So I'm like, nope, I ain't listening. <laughs> and sometimes he'll say it whether you're listening or not. Yeah. He's going to speak he'll and you're going to know it's him. He'll so. bring it around some way. But uh, I want to go ahead and say, if you want to hit us up with any questions or thoughts you may have, hit us up at wait.letstalk at gmail.com. Or hit us up with the voice message button located at the bottom of the details of each episode. Whatever platform you're checking it out on, there's a link to our Anchor voice message board. And it will let you leave us a voice message. We would love to hear from you, even if it's just a shout out. Go ahead and leave us a voice message. We'll play it on the air should you choose to do so. I'm going to say God bless. I know it was 
Not necessarily a comfortable message tonight, but one that was needing heard apparently. So God bless you guys. I'll see you next week. I'll turn it over to Brett. All right, guys. Make sure and remember to check us out on Facebook at Let's Talk with Trenton and Brett. And I'm just going to leave it there. And let's just go ahead and close in prayer. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to share your word, to minister your word, Father God, and to receive from you. And Lord, I just pray, Father God, though, that you would wake, continue to wake up the Christians out there, Father God. Bring them out of their comfort zones and allow them, Father God, to walk into your truth, Father God, and to do the things that you have asked of them. Lord, we pray blessings over each and every listener today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. I hope you were blessed and inspired by the content. Do us a favor, go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already, tell a friend, and share this on social media. We would love to share the good news with as many people as possible. We'd also love to hear from you. If you have topics you would like us to discuss on the air, you want to give a shout out, or maybe you just want to say hi, click on the message button below and let us know what's on your mind. Thank you for tuning in. God bless, and we'll see you next time.